From the EBKV studios in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, you're listening to Brotherly Pod, the official podcast of BrotherlyPuck.com. Welcome everybody to the Angry and Negative Show. I am your host, Negative Dan the Flyer fan. With me this week, he is back. He was on assignment last week. He is back. Angry Jim is here. Jim, how you doing? I'm so angry. I can't wait to get this. This is going to be like, I can't wait to get all this out. It's pent up. That's right. Neither can I. And of course, it is crossover week here on Brotherly Pod. So Jim did not come back alone. He brought his high and wide radio co-host jack smith back to the program jack how you doing it is a pleasure to be back again especially under under these angry circumstances <laughs> yeah you're gonna get a a class a angry negative show here before we before we get any further does anybody have anything nice to say about the flyers at all get it out now because i'm not i don't have anything uh they beat Pitt, but that's about <laughs> it <laughs> Sean Couturier is lighting it up, but let's move on, please. Sam Brand is great. That's about yes. it. Anyway, the Flyers <laughs> are 35, 30, and 8 through 73 games. They have nine left. They have a 0.7% chance of making the playoffs. Less than one. They're just about dead there. 15 points out of first place, 11 points out of third place, 9 points out of the first wild card spot wild card spot held by Carolina six points out of the second wild card spot held by Columbus and five away from Montreal who was also on the outside looking in the Flyers absolutely shit the bed this past week they lost to Washington they lost to Toronto they beat Pittsburgh in overtime though still giving a team a point that they didn't need to and then they came out flat as shit against Montreal uh, the other night and essentially sealed their fate these slow starts, uh, I feel like it's something that happens pretty much every other game at this point for years and fucking years now, but these slow starts just kill this team. Jim, how do you feel about these damn slow starts? So I was at the, I had the, the pleasure of, you know, paying full price to watch this team uh, oh last God. night. And, you know, once again, they've shown up for about a quarter, a third of the game. I feel like I need some kind of a, a refund. Like, I'm paying for three full periods here, and they show up for maybe one. Like, like you know, all the jokes, hey, don't, the Flyers know the game started at 7 or 7.30. Like, dude, what the fuck am I watching? Like, you know, like you know, when I was younger, you know, I'd curse. I don't care who's around me at the game. But now, you know, I, I kind of – I bottle it up. I hold it in. You know, I try to mind who's around me in the seats. But what the fuck <laughs> – did I watch for two straight periods? Like, like even when they had possession on offense, what the fuck were they doing with the puck? Like, they, they didn't look like they had any plan. And, and I saw some jerk-off say, oh, Montreal was playing great defense. I saw get that, too. Out, get the <laughs> fuck out of here with that, dude. Like, they looked like they had no purpose whatsoever. Like, they had no plan of attack on offense. If you watch uh, Montreal on offense – they knew where they were going with the puck, and, and they didn't wait. They didn't hesitate. They were deliberate with their passing. They were deliberate with their skating. And, and when you watch the Flyers on offense, it's, you know, dump it along the boards, go chase. Maybe you'll get there. Maybe you won't. If Montreal gets it, you know, stand up to the sideboard, try to keep the puck in. Like, what the fuck did I watch last night, man? And then, oh, they want to come out and play in the third period? Okay, cool. You're down by what, two goals by this point? Uh, and this team is directly in front of you. So you think that I went to the game last night thinking that, OK, it's going to it should be kind of close to playoff atmosphere. Montreal is directly in front of us. You know, usually you get a decent uh, uh, crowd from Montreal showing up for the game, which I kind of like. Montreal fans, I think, are cool, by the way. They're not like Pittsburgh fans who come in and, you know, have to fucking make it known that, oh, I'm from Pittsburgh. I'm rooting for Pittsburgh. Like, good for fucking you, dude. Montreal fans come to the games. They wear their little jersey, and they watch the game, all right? When they score, they give you the little golf clap, right? I'm sorry. I'm getting off tangent here. I'm so angry, man. I'm so angry. <laughs> so Go ahead, Jack. Or, or somebody take this away from me because I'm not going to stop. Jack, how are your feelings on the uh, Flyers' slow starts? Well, we'll start with the Montreal game since Jimmy was there. Uh, it just seems – this is why I don't think 
Scott Gordon will be back. It's more of the same. It's sort of reminding me a lot of Hackstall. He's this whole slow start thing has always plagued them. And when they do get another coach, whether it's Quenville or not, that's going to be one of the first things I look for to see if they are actually ready to play. And that's a general sense, not especially now when you're supposed to show that desperation, when you're given a gift, you're given a chance to play a team who's right there, who you're fighting for the playoffs and you're lethargic. And just it was such an emotional letdown. I see why Jimmy is just off the rails, you know. And it's just, it's 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 sad. It's like you're right there against a team you need to play. Might as well be a playoff game. And you don't even show up. Like, are you kidding me? That's such a joke. It's so typical Flyers of the last like four years. It's just, I feel like Hacksaw is behind the the bench still. And this is yeah, it was this is after you beat Pitt in the fashion you did. You come home for that crap, and you wonder why your fans, uh, as Hacksaw would always say, well, the fans really got on. You wonder why? <laughs> like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, it's it's so embarrassing. And I I'm, have been one to say this team's out of it. You threw away the first beginning part of the season. But they, they, they just emotionally, they bring you back in with these this streak and these wins and JVR freaking out and Carter Hart looking like the goaltender of the future. And then they have a game like Toronto where they're up, five to two and they completely blow that game didn't even show up in the third period you know you knew they were going to lose to washington but if they beat toronto and beat Pitt and then go play mount montreal it doesn't look so bad they blow the toronto they pull out this great win against Pitt, and then they show up flat against montreal i don't know what the fuck is going on with these guys it's sad <laughs> it's stupid they're all, they i just don't get how they could steal your heart one game and be completely lifeless the next and that is what's absolutely mind-boggling yeah, I, I saw the uh, comment somewhere on Twitter. Oh, Montreal played a good defensive game. It's like when you're playing a team that's worse than your local beer league, it's not that hard to, you know, look like a defensive gem. But you know, this team is just... I'm tired. I'm tired of these slow starts. These we're going to only play the last 10 minutes of the game when they realize, oh, shit, we're down by two goals. We should play some hockey. <laughs> I just... Uh, fuck. I think you're right. I think that does Scott Gordon in, in my opinion. At least it should. Get Joel Quinville in there is going to throw shit at his players during the fucking intermissions when they play bad. Get some I think that's what they need. They do. They need some damn Ed Snyder in there throwing trash cans around. Like, the kid, like, this is a young team. They can't be comfortable. Like, uh, and I'm not blaming leadership. I'm not blaming Giroux or, or, or even a guy like Borchek because, you know, it, it looks like he can get a little fired up, even though, you know, he's a whole nother fucking subject, by the way. Um, with the shit that he was pulling last night. I can't stand some of the shit that he does. But I think they do need uh, a guy maybe with a little bit more, uh, dare I say, veteran presence oh, uh, for for somebody to lead, uh, like uh, somebody to counter Claude Giroux or, do you know what I mean, a yin to his yang, something, because something's missing there. Like maybe they're hearing the same voice too many times. Do you know what I mean? They need someone to fucking stir shit up because – Last night's unacceptable. Absolutely. It was, it was it was as ugly as a game as they played in quite some time. And it's like, you go back to the Toronto game. At a 5-2 lead, and they blew it completely. Because they gave up. Against the teams, against the league's top offensive team. You know, you're playing a team that has, you know, Matthews and Marner and Nylander and all the firepower that they have. And just, oh, shit, three-goal lead, good enough. <laughs> it's just, it's bullshit. They came out against Pittsburgh, didn't look too good in the first uh, period and a half, two periods there. And then they came out and beat them in overtime. It's always nice to beat Pittsburgh, no matter what's going on in the standings otherwise. But, like... It was such. It was one of those games that was a precursor to what we saw in Montreal. They just, they didn't play. They did not play at all. And I'm, I'm tired of seeing them play. There are some bright spots in the team. You know, Sean Couturier uh, has played well. He has hit 30 goals again. Nolan Patrick has tied his career high of 30 points uh, with 13 goals and 17 assists. Uh, Travis Konechny is one point shy of his career high from last season. Um, there are some positives. Carter Hart looks great. But, I mean, overall, you're right. There's no responsibility accountability whatever you want to say it's just they go out there in these lifeless efforts and it has it's not just this season it's happened for years remember a couple years ago when it was during the lockout year maybe the year after the lockout year when scott hartnell was here and the year uh yager and all these people they came through and they were called the comeback kids they would have a slow first couple periods and then the third period they would turn it on and be fire and be great and win the damn game what happened to those days? Now they go out there and they're just dead, dead on arrival. God, I hate. I, th team. I think that season is what hurt 
hurt them because a lot of the players on the team now, and I know exactly what you're talking about, like Couturier and Drew, and it's like I feel like it's been embedded in them that well we could always come back. Well, you can't. Like it, that was like a. a they did, first of all, they got bounced in the first round that year. I'm pretty sure it's when they played the Rangers. And that was a different team then. You have some of the same players with the same mentality. And it, I can't stand the mentality of we can we can just dig ourselves out. Because now it's taken on a role of the whole season, not just games, as you can see what they're doing now. And it's a, 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 you can't do that against other teams that are way too talented. Certain players can take over games. Goalies can shut you straight down. You can't dig yourself into these holes. They continuously do it. And the main thing is they stop playing, whether they're winning or losing. They showed us that this week. But then the first team to cry, as they did a lot of that at the beginning of the season, especially Ghost and Voracek, and even the coach at the time. And you just, it just it blows my mind that they, they think they can do that and get away with it. But then they're the team to say, well, we want to keep Simmons. Like, please keep Simmons. And, uh, you know, Andrew McDonald's a veteran. Pre- Why do they have a voice? They've done literally nothing. They need to, I don't want to say blow it up, but they need to do a lot this offseason and fix some shit. And it's just, it just, I get mad when I, when I hear that, that they want this and they want that. And they got to keep the same players when this core has done nothing. They've never made it past the first round. Uh, Trey Voracek. Yes. I've been on that train for a while. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think, you know, we're talking here, uh, it sounds like maybe a little bit of uh, a little bit of entitlement, uh, lack of accountability. Uh, and the first person I think of is, is Jake Voracek. And, and I hate to say that because I, I, I truly believe that he can be great if he was more consistent on a shift to shift basis, a game to game basis, but he's just not. And, now, like, uh, I have to wonder, like, does he hurt the team more than he helps? And, you know, you look at his numbers, 62 points, 69 games, 43 assists. You know, it sounds crazy to say, but is it is it true? Well, Jimmy, as I've told you before, if you look at those numbers, I think they're a little flawed. I, I mean, I hate plus minus, but he is a minus nine. I mean, and what, the reason I bring that up is I feel like, yeah, he'll get you some points. He'll pile up some points. I've called him a compiler before, but I do think the mistakes he makes and some of the penalties he takes kind of give some of those points back. I guess you could say that again about any player, really, but I really notice it with Voracek. He gets pickpocketed a lot. So he's one of the, like you were saying, like I was saying, he cry, he's been crying this year. Uh, it's a shame to say it now because he's been playing well on top until he got suspended. Then he came back and he had a goal, but. He just makes too many mistakes, and for what his role, especially considering his contract, is supposed to be with this team, I expect more out of him. Yeah, 62 points in 69 games. It sounds nice, but, I mean, he has. I know he's at 19, but he hasn't scored 20 goals yet. Like, when you're making eight and a quarter, you got to be – he's got to be doing more than what he's doing, you know, and he's – I don't even think he drives his line at times, which is – like, Wimblom has been driving that line lately, and he's 22 years old. So I'd be more than happy moving on from him. I don't think it'll happen, though. I think we're stuck with him. Voracek is a guy who, you know, capitalizes on these secondary assists on the power play to rack up points. And it's always <laughs> exactly. been that kind of thing that, you know, he just – there are people that love analytics in hockey. I'm not one of them, but there are people that, you know, love analytics. They love numbers. They love to look at this shit. And the – say, you know, and these are the same people that defend Voracek. And it's like, you know, those numbers clearly don't apply to Voracek. He's a turnover machine. The guy is weak on the puck. There are games when he can go out there and look like a stud. Every once in a while, in fact, before this recent stretcher, he was looking pretty good. But goddamn, when he is not motivated, he goes out there, oh, just cross-ice passes to nobody, getting pickpocketed, turning the puck over, not playing hard at all. You know, we have a running joke on the OMB Puckcast that, you know, Jake Voracek's assists or actually assists for the other team when he turns the puck over and they score on his net. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, if you count how many times you did that, that might explain some of his It points might add up. That's, that's the conspiracy theory we always thought it was. It's just He's one of those guys that drives me so fucking crazy because he's making all this money. You know, He racks up the points, so on paper you're looking at it going, all right, he has 62 points this year. That's about average for him, more or less. He must be doing okay, but you watch him on a night-to-night basis, and this guy doesn't do anything. He's out there costing teams the game more than anything. A uh, pure example would be the Crosby goal in the stadium series. Yeah. Like, behind the back, no-look pass in your own zone. Cool, bro. Right to Sidney Crosby. Yeah. I, I mean, and the whole pickpocketing thing is what kills me. It looks like he's not even trying sometimes as he's coming out. Like, he expects it. 
and he does try to do too much sometimes, which I can all, you almost try to appreciate. He's trying to win, but he's just making mistakes, and you're getting paid way too much to make these mistakes. You're a veteran now. He's 29 years old. He needs to figure it out. Like, come on. And it, it's just he's, – he, He's only 29? Games, Holy shit. I feel like he's been yeah, around forever. It feels that way, doesn't God. it? Yeah, he's 29. Drew's 31. But um, it's it's like those games where he would just take over. Like I remember, like each passing year, there's less and less of those games, and the contract just stays the same. And I think he's got like another five five years. I'm not sure if that includes this year, but that's that's a lot. That'll put him at like 34, making eight and a quarter, and he's already looking. I don't want to say ineffective, yeah, but he five might more get years, yeah. I mean, that's a tough pill to swallow considering the team you have to, to build to compete. He's going to wind up dropping down a line in like two, three years. He's the longest signed player the Flyers currently have right now. Ooh. 20, uh, 2023-24. He's got his head on his ass. Just, he just can't, I don't know, he just can't get it together like he used to. He used to be really reliable, he used to make shit happen, and now those games are just few and far between, and we're seeing more of the he either disappears or he's making mistakes, and he's you definitely notice him and for all the wrong reasons, and that's not the guy we signed this ridiculous extension to. No, and it's just... It, he's, he does... It's not bad every game, but, like, again, when he, he doesn't... It's not every night. He's not producing every night. Sure, he may rack up some assists here because he's a power play guy. But fuck, <laughs> when you're paying somebody $8.25 million, you expect him to go out there and carry the damn team. And he's not exactly. doing that. He's, exactly. he's proven that he can, which I think is where more of the frustration, at least yes, for myself, exactly. comes from. Like, he shows that he can do it. And then on other shifts, it's like, okay, dude, who was that pass to? Or where were you? What what move were you making there? Or what, like what were you thinking? Like it, you, usually you can see what a player was thinking when he makes a pass or or he makes a move or something. But with him, I'm like 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 Scott Hartnell type plays. You know what I mean? Like where were you passing that puck? Or what was going through your mind? What play were you reading there? Because clearly, like I don't, I just don't know. Well, speaking of consistency, me. let's talk a little bit about the defense here. Uh-oh. Fucking Andrew motherfucking <laughs> McDonald fucker in the lineup yesterday because Samuel Moran was quote unquote sick. Myers Please. was out with an illness. Then before any news on McDonald or um, Moran broke, McDonald was named in his spot. And then eventually it came out that Moran was sick. You know how angry I was when I heard that. <laughs> I don't even believe it. Like, come on. At this point, Moran's got to be like, I, if I really am sick, I'm not telling you because I got to, I got to play. Like, this is we're getting ridiculous. It's been what 2013, five, six years now, and the fact that they still fall back on McDonald, like that little rant you went on, is going to be the name of one of my shows one day when I talk about McDonald. Like, <laughs> I've hated that contract since the, the ink dried. Guys, McDonald actually had a, a pretty good game last night. Shut up. Did he? Did he? <laughs> did he? Did he only fall seven times? <laughs> no, I'm not going to say anything positive. I mean, I was being half serious, but mostly so. Dan would tell me to shut up. Good, good for him, I guess. Huh? Good game for him. A good game for McDonald is if he just isn't noticeable. Like, he just doesn't do anything completely ridiculous and wind up on his ass and the puck in the back of our net. That's every game. Yeah, if he if he just doesn't have to do something like that, it's it's an okay game for him. That's what we're paying five million dollars a year for. And there usually there there's usually a play where uh, you know if there's a two on one and he's the only guy back, uh, the the player with the puck drives the net and drops it back and continues to push McDonald into the goal. And usually McDonald lets himself gets pushed lets himself get pushed back. Last night, uh, you know what what game was last night? The seventieth game of the season. I think he finally learned to let that guy go and maybe try to play the guy with the puck. Oh, well, thank God. He's only like 35. Fucking. Well, well, that that is an improvement. Usually he slides right into his own goalie. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah, so I was waiting for a fucking goal, and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, he actually went for the puck. So, you know, that's. 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. So he's 32 in his 12th NHL season, and he finally figured it out. Woohoo! Yay, McDonald! Let's fucking keep him for his final year. scares me is that there's people out there who uh, might like like who might be like well he's a veteran president and you know and the team really likes him like 
I'm at the point where I'm like, they cannot be serious. Like, I don't believe for a second he's getting bought out. I I fully believe he'll be back. Cause I just yeah, made, I I, mainly because I don't trust his organization to make the right move is more than anything. Yep. I mean, if he's that important, he should be like the coach. Like, let him step in for Lappy. You're not losing anything. You might as well. It's the same fucking ignorant caliber of we don't know shit about our job. Might as well put him in there. Yeah, but we, we wore a Flyers jersey once, so job for life. We laid down in front of a shot on a penalty kill. Give him a job! <laughs> hey, he did block it with his face. Oh, God. Well, at least he did that on purpose. McDonald just <laughs> He just falls down because that's the only thing he knows how to do. You block a shot with your face, you got a job. Well, Moran not only is being overlooked for Andrew McDonald, he's being overlooked for both Gudis and Haig right now, who oh. are playing just fucking abysmal hockey. This is another one of those lines. Dave Haxtell was good at this. He would find a defense pair that was just atrocious together and play them a whole bunch. And now uh, Gordon is doing it with Gudis and Haig. Those two look atrocious, especially Robert Haig. I've always kind of liked Robert Haig, but my God, he's getting to a point where it's hard to defend him at all anymore. What the, what what are those two doing that Samuel Moran is not? Is there anything that anybody on this fucking defense corps not named Gostas Bear, Provorov, Sanheimer, Myers bring that Samuel Moran does not? No! Play Samuel Moran, you fucks! It's so uh, true, though. You need to spark this team. You have to do something. Like, it's getting stupid. Bringing in Cam Talbot's not going to spark the team. Oh, God, there's another Sam- fucking scenario. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, like, bringing in Moran? Like, you're telling me that wouldn't send the, fran- the fans into a frenzy? He was a former first-round pick. I, like, 13th overall so many years ago. We wait for him forever. He would spark in some way, and I'm sure he would lay a hit on somebody. Like, come on. Like, it, and now we get to sit with McDonald, more of the same bullshit. Like, it's just stupid. Like, it reminds me of Hackstall. It's, it's just, there's no way that Scott Gordon's coming back. There's no way. You know, I, I've been watching Hag uh, or Hague. I always say Hag, but I mean, at this point, who gives a fuck? But he just, he seems to be getting, I, I kind of liked him too. Even before the season started, I was kind of wondering why they didn't sign him for more than two years because he seemed, he seemed solid last year. And, Kind of as the more and more the season goes on, I don't know if he's running out of gas. He's up there. He's in the top two in hits in the league, bro. Maybe he's taking too many hits. You know, maybe his body's starting to get a little beat up. Like, give him a fucking break. Like, you have – you're benching Moran. You have guys like uh, – you know, you can put McDonald in if, if Haig is hurt. I mean, if he's if he's tired. You can physically see that he's, he's dragging a little bit. And then last night uh, – and I don't know if anybody wants to talk about this because from from what I saw, it looked like TK was dogging it on the empty netter. But why the fuck was Gudis out there on a six on when they pulled the goalie? What, was Haig out there too? Like why was Gudis? Why was Gudis out there? I don't understand what he was doing out there. Like you're trying to fucking score a goal. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I didn't even think of that. You, I would have another forward out there before I had freaking Gudis. Or, like, uh, Ghost or, like, somebody. Like, why is Gudis out there? It's such an odd ball, like, move that it's almost like they're just waving the white flag. <laughs> it's just, it just doesn't make any sense. I don't know. I, you're just adding on as to why I don't – I think Scott Gordon's in over his head all of a sudden. And yeah. it's just like, uh, well, maybe you're just trying weird shit. Hackstall did it, too. He would just try weird shit, and at the end of the day – he reverted back to what he knew best, and that was Andrew McDonald, and that got him fired. They were getting blown out left and right. That's the one thing Scott Gordon is doing. They're not getting blown out. They're giving up a lot of goals, but they're not getting blown out. That's the only difference I see right now. It's the one thing, like, Gudis, there have been people all year that are like, oh, my God, Gudis is so good and so underused. <laughs> it's like, then he fucking has a bad game, and they're the first people to turn on him. And it's like, I, I can't stand this fan base sometimes when players like Gudis come around. They love, oh my god, his analytics guys, you should see his Corsi. Fuck you. <laughs> god, I hate fucking stupid hockey team. I, I, just, no, I, I mean, I, I appreciate analytics, but ah. I, I would only use it as a tool. I would never be married to it. That blows my mind. That goes for any sport. Oh. I, I hated last night that, you know, you're down a goal, you're trying to tie the game, what the fuck difference does it make if uh, Gossip Spare is out there with Sandheim and you get scored on as opposed to having Gudis out there? Like, you're trying to tie the game, not not lose the game. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, if you get scored on while you're trying to tie it or win it, that's fine. 
But if Gudis is out there to make sure that, oh, just in case they do score, let's have a defensive guy out there. Get the fuck out of here with that, man. Go for the win. No, it makes no sense. What, do you think their fight was going to break out or something? And that's why it, just, it doesn't make any sense at all. There's ah. way, I, would, I would rather have five forwards or six forwards out there. Like, it just doesn't make That's sense. what I'm saying. Yeah, and then that bullshit at the end of the game with Ghost. Like, just go back to the locker room, dude. It's, oh, he's such a crybaby. No time left on the clock, dude. Like, you're like 30 minutes. You're like 60 minutes too late for that shit. Yeah. That's that's, a, that's this team. Too, just too little, too late. Yeah. Moran has not really gotten a chance. There's a game coming up of little importance here on Saturday against the Islanders. Obviously, we all remember what happened the last time the Flyers played the Islanders. Do you think Moran gets in and crushes some skulls on Saturday? Man, I mean, I want to say yes so bad. So do I, but I fucking know it's not going to happen because McDonald's here. It makes sense on so many levels. It really does, and they're gonna blow it. They're just not. Yep. Is that is that game a home or away? That is a home game. Oh my god! It makes so much sense. They won't do it though. They nope, won't. Of course you, not. See Andrew McDonald be on the first power play. Whatever. Yeah, I, I, it may, I, they should. I mean, I don't see why not. I mean, but they won't. <laughs> That's all I can say. They won't. They won't do it. They'll have their cockamamie reasons. They'll probably Matt. lie about some of him still being sick or something. They'll. You know, it's it's the truth, though. Like, oh, well, he hurt his pelvis, so he can't play. He hurt his Um, cock, he can't play. (laughs) (laughs) Got to go with McDonald again. You know, he's our he's a veteran presence. He's what drives the team. And we're going to have to swallow it. And then everybody's looking forward to next season already. Cock and swallow. There you go. Stupid team. (laughs) Why do I like the Flyers so much? Jesus Christ. What am I doing Uh, with my life? We're so we're so down in our tone in our language. It's like we know they're out of it. We know they're out of it. Like I knew beforehand, but they made me want to believe. And it's like, well, that's the damn problem. We knew going into this year. We talked about. We joked about it in fucking January and December. They're gonna go on a run and get right behind the playoffs, then fucking blow it, blow their draft positioning, and miss the playoffs. Guess what? Here we are, middle of March. That's exactly what they've done. It's a nightmare scenario because it hurts your draft stock. Not that I'm. That's going to kill me, but it's like, who wants to get that close and then just miss? Especially if you just play just a little bit better in the first half, you'd be in. You really would. The, these the, the Columbus and Montreal will be chasing you, not the other way around. They're only six points out, guys. Oh, fuck off. Nine <laughs> games left. <laughs> I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm not even trying to be. I'm not even trying to be optimistic. But uh, I was checking out Carolina's schedule. They have a, a hell of a last couple of games there nine ten games uh, but they they are playing well i think they just beat pittsburgh last night in a shootout um so i think they i didn't believe it in the beginning of the year but carolina it looks like rod brindamore really has these guys playing good hockey and even though they do have a very tough schedule um and i still have a little bit of hope uh i don't think i think they're gonna make it and i'll be rooting for them too because i do like the way they play um, but yeah, my point was that there's still a slight chance, just not. It's point seven. I mean, that would be nice enough if the Flyers' odds were any better. But they play the Blackhawks, Islanders, Capitals, Maple Leafs, Hurricanes, Rangers, Stars, Blues, and Hurricanes. With the exception yeah. of the Rangers, I mean, these are all teams, and I guess the Blackhawks. These are all teams that are either in the playoffs or fighting for a playoff spot. Like this is not going to be an easy schedule for the Flyers either. We talked about this on uh, Brotherly Pod on Monday night. It's like, yeah, Carolina has a rough schedule, and I, I forget another team was it Columbus or something had a yeah. relatively decent schedule too. But like, it's not like the Flyers have a cakewalk in front of them either. And the, you mentioned they play Carolina twice. That's yep. a, those are games that the Flyers will lose. They've shown whenever they play a team that they're right in the race with, they blow it. And I, I guarantee you, they'll probably lose both of those games, whether they're in it or not. I hope they lose all the games soon. The next five. I hope they, fuck, let's lose all the rest of the games to get Sam Moran <laughs> in this damn lineup. Because that, oh, he'll play when they're mathematically eliminated. Bullshit, he will. That's an excuse. That's that's like when they say, oh, we're showcasing Andrew McDonald for a trade. Fuck you. That's not how this works. Oh, he's going to play when they're mathematically eliminated. Okay, we'll see. That should be in the next week or so. <laughs> No, if if Moran doesn't play Saturday, they they could really get embarrassed. Like somebody could get hurt for real. Is Boychuk back yet? 
Uh, I haven't seen honestly, but they got another. They got a couple guys over there that can do some damage. Matt Martin and I, I think I just saw Clutterbuck. I heard yeah. So they they have Matt Martin still. Uh, you see, Chara beat the shit out of Matt Martin the other night. God, that was <laughs> fantastic. Really? I didn't see that. Bro, was Chara, like Martin forty years old, forty-two or something like that. Matt Martin went to fight him, and he's throwing punches that are only getting up to like his shoulder because he's not that tall. <laughs> I recommend you to go watch those videos. Fantastic, Johnny Boychuk. That guy fucking looks like a criminal. Put him in jail. 35. Yeah. Fucking Christ. He's Irish. Uh, he's an asshole. <laughs> uh, he has not played since the pit, uh, the uh, Philadelphia game on March 9th. So. Yeah, I had a feeling he was going to be out for a while when he was grabbing for his shoulder. Love it, sissy. Fucking hate him. Stupid team. Voracek's going to get suspended again for yeah, that's fine. making a hockey play. <laughs> And then I'm gonna hear those damn fans again. Oh my god, was that cute? I'm in such a bad mood. <laughs> but the team does. This is the man. legit angry and negative show. This is the first time we've joked that this is fucking rainbow lollipops before. Not anymore. This is <laughs> fucking real angry and negative shit here. Well, I'm starting to feel a little better actually. I'm I think not. I'm actually it's coming out. I'm getting worked. This has been for this you. has been brewing. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What we the lost fuck three of four, man. Three of four games and a seven to six game. Like, get the fuck out of here with that. Oh, he's going back. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Cut me off. BP. Okay, let's 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 get some analysis on this show because we are professionals after all. <laughs> Every week on BPW Radio, I ask for Twitter questions. Now, most of them are just complete bullshit, but every once in a while, I get some actual <laughs> questions on here. And I got a good one this past week that I'll let you to field here. What is the one thing Chuck Fletcher should not do this summer? What is the one thing going forward that if the summer happens and he doesn't do it, you're like, God damn, this guy fucked up. What is it? Go ahead, Jack. Well, if he does not, if he opts to bring in like a Dale Weiss style player oh, and, call, and call it an off season, uh, I will shit the bed. I, I will lose my mind. He needs a big, bold move. And even if it's just the coach, I'll take it. But if all he does, if he keeps Scott Gordon, he keeps the team as it is, doesn't buy out Andrew McDonald, and he retains Talbot, and he goes out and gets a like, third or fourth line player and says that we're happy with our team going forward, I will seriously, seriously have to question a lot, a lot, a lot about this team. You just gave me Ron Hextall <laughs> flashbacks. <laughs> That's, we need the exact opposite of that right now. So Boy for me, Gordon's here. Let's Boy Gordon. Yeah. He's gonna fix the penalty kill. He played one game. They got sent down because they sucked. Uh, I remember that's Boyd I'm, Gordon. That's what I'm afraid of. Hey, speaking of Boyd Gordon, what the hell's uh, uh, what the hell's that guy's name? Uh, Corbin Knight still doing on the Flyers? Like, why is he here? Because Justin Bailey needs to go up and down about 15 more times before they play him. <laughs> um. So yeah, for for me, I would I would say the the thing that I. I don't want Fletcher to do. Is that what the thing was? Yes. Yeah. What don't I want him to do? So how can I manipulate? I, I don't want him to keep Scott Gordon on. Um, I think we've seen what kind of coach he is. I think he's a good guy. Uh, I actually, he kind of grew on me a little bit. And I'm still not anti-Scott Gordon. Uh, I think he's a breath of fresh air somewhat from Dave Haxtell. But I think Haxtell was just so lifeless that like anybody would be, anybody would appear to be better than Hackstall. You know what I mean? Um, so I don't want him to re-sign Scott Gordon to any kind of a contract, whether it's one or two. You know, until they find another guy, I would like them to bring in somebody else. Um, so that that's what I don't want him to do. Yeah, my gotta... answer was more or less a mixture of yours, and my I just went over all stagnation. I, I think not doing anything, whatever it may be. You know, if he strikes out on a free agent, but he changes the coach, fine. If if he changes the, you know, gets a free agent and keeps Gordon, I'm not going to be thrilled, but fine. I, he needs to do something. This team needs some kind of big splash to come in and really kind of right the ship here. One more thing I would add is I don't want him to overreact. I Of course, I'd love to see him buy out McDonald, but I don't want him to go out and just trade a guy like Shane Gossesbear. I think he'll lose that trade based on Gossesbear's value right now. I don't want him to overreact and make a stupid trade. And he's been known to make some dumb trades with Minnesota. So that's the other thing I would say. Don't do anything stupid. Don't do anything reactionary that costs you later. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. It's just, it's just a matter of making a big move without gambling too much. You know, I think the stars are starting to align here. Obviously, this team has a lot of talent on its own, and I think that's why they do need to move on from Gordon. You know, we, you think back to the first year for Dave Haxtell. You know, we all thought he was going to win the Jack Adams. You know, he was coming in, and he's supposed to be good with the kids, and he's playing well. But then the second that shine wore off, you know, his flaws were very apparent. And I think, you know, it, it definitely feels like Scott Gordon could go that same direction here where, you know, they rallied the troops this year and brought him back and was playing well. But overall, can he carry this team, you know, fresh out of the gate next year to the same level of success that he's found in the back half of this season? And that worries me because I think this team has enough talent, but I don't know if he's the guy. Obviously, when you have, you know, one of the greatest of all time to do it, Joel Quinville out there, you go get that guy and you bring him in. You open your checkbook, you tell him the name and number, you write it, and you give it to him. And you say, get behind that bench and whip these assholes into shape. Yeah, some guys are leaders of boys and some guys are leaders of men. And I don't know that Scott Gordon can really do it at this level, and we know Joe Quindle can. And I think this team needs that push. It's tired of these nice guys. It's time to get somebody who can light a fire under their ass and somebody they take seriously. Somebody that's going to take an awful long time and a lot of shit before they start tuning them out because they tuned out Hacksaw pretty quick, and for all I know, they'll do the same with Gordon. Oh, shit. What else is there here? Nolan Patrick and Travis Connect me. Let's talk about these two fuckers. They're, uh, they're playing well. Obviously, Nolan Patrick uh, has tied his career high of 30 points, has uh, done it with 13 goals and 70 assists, just like last year in 10 less games. Travis Konechny, again, much the same, playing well. He's two goals shy of his tying his career high. He does have uh, one point shy of his uh, tying his points in career high. He does have a new career high in assists. Overall, their play has stepped up drastically in the last little while here. You know, the biggest issue for the most part is the offense is not coming by itself yet. Konechny, again, is playing well, but the offense just hasn't quite happened yet. It worries me, and again, this goes back to what we have to do this summer for the Flyers, is they need somebody that can come in and kind of put the icing on the cake here. I think there's a lot of raw talent on this team. But they need somebody, again, whether it's Panarin or, you know, via trade, something to come in and make these young guys all kind of intertwined together. And so this off- offense can go forward as one. Because, you know, Jim and I were talking about it last night, uh, that there's just, they need somebody who can sew this talent together. All of it's here. The young guys are here, but they need some people to to bring this group together. I think Giroux and Couturier do a good job, but I definitely think they need that depth kind of guy that can carry this team when needed to really push them over the limit and get this offense working during all 82 games, not just when they feel like it. Well, the yeah. thing you said that stuck out to me is a guy who can carry this team and a name jumps out to me. It's just Panarin. I mean, he can definitely carry the team. Uh, I doubt that they get an offer sheet to point. I would be interested in a guy like Duchesne as a number two center, but the guy who really can carry the team would be Panera and just jumps right off the page for me when you said that. So for me, and, and this is going to be a little, you know, probably less popular. Cause I, I mean, I, Panera would be cool. I would, you know, who wouldn't love Panera? Um, I, I look at this flyers roster and, and I see, I see kids, you know, besides Giroux, um, even Couturier is what? 25, 26. I mean, we yeah. still say ghost. We still say Ghost is a kid. I mean, to me, 25, 26 is not really a kid anymore, especially when you have guys that are like 19, 20, 21, 22. Uh, 25, 26, you're a vet in the NHL now. Um, for me, they need uh, – a lot of people keep saying they need a top four defenseman, right? And you look at this roster, you look at the defensemen on the roster, and they have six or seven guys that can play uh, on the team. And, and I'm including McDonald on that in that list. But, you know, they're going to have to move somebody. And at least for myself, uh, I think Provorov is going to be here a long time. I can see Sanheim being here a long time. He, I think he's only scratching the surface. I mean, he, he's got a lot of potential. He can, he can grow a lot more. Uh, this is his first full season, I think, right? <clears throat> or is it his second full season? Well, technically, last year was his first full season, but he was in Hack's doghouse the whole time. Didn't really get okay, to play. Yeah. So. Okay, that's why. So, 
I mean, he. I love what I see from Sandheim, and I, I, I'm kind of like scratching my head, like, cause he was he was on fire for those two weeks, and now like he kind of disappeared, like he's not on the power play anymore. You know, we're just seeing less Sandheim, and then you know we have of course Phil Myers, who's come up and hasn't missed a beat since coming up uh, to the NHL roster, and then the the fourth guy, and, and for me. Uh, and again, I, I said it's not going to be popular. Ghost is kind of my odd man out. Like you have three three puck carrying defensemen, you have four puck carrying defensemen, and you're missing that top four elite, you know, stay at home defenseman. And uh, I think if they can swing a trade, and and I'm not just talking about skill wise. I'm not looking for a guy that's you know going to put up ten assists with a huge plus thirty five, some shit like that. I'm looking for a, a leader. I want I want to bring back a leader in the locker room, and and this ties into the you know stirring everybody together. I, I'm looking for a leadership type guy, a, a lockdown top four guy, to to pair with these younger guys that can that can kind of coach these younger guys along. Because if 25, 26 is a veteran on your roster, I don't want Ghost being. And you know I know there are a lot of Ghost people out there, and I know he's a skilled player. But I don't think he's the guy that I want Provorov, uh, Myers, and Sandheim uh, to look up to. Uh, I, I, like I said, I know he's got the talent. I know he's got the skill. But I, I think you need to move personalities like him and, and Voracek if, if just for their personality alone. It, you know, That's just my opinion. Um, but that's the move that I would, I would like to see them make is to bring in a top 4D and, and maybe – Ghost has to be that sacrifice. I don't know. Because if you're going to bring in talent, you got to get rid of talent. And that's what a lot of people seem to forget. Yeah, I have a lot of people that tell me that, like, oh, well, Nolan Patrick is playing well, so they don't need to bring in a second-line center. Or, oh, the top four is playing well. They don't need to add anybody. That's bullshit. They're mm -hmm. playing well, but you bring in people to make them even better. It's depth. You know, right. whether you move Gosses Bear or not, or just move him down to the third pair with somebody like Moran next season. That's a pair of duo I've been waiting to see for fucking five, six years now. You know, you this idea and these people go, oh, well, they don't need to bring somebody in here and spend money on that. They do, though. That's mm -hmm. what they need to do. They need to keep adding to this team. You need the depth. You know, look at some of the top teams in the league right now. They are rolling four lines and three defense pairs. You know, the Flyers are at best right now are rolling two lines and maybe one defense pair. You know, some nights you can get uh, three to four lines rolling. But for the most part, this team, they need the help. They need the depth. They need these guys that can come in. You know, play a solid middle six role for the forwards and a good top four defenseman that gives them some playing time here that eats some minutes for Provorov. And then it gives Myers and Sanheim time to continue to adjust to the league and get better. It makes you not rely on Gossip Bear so much. They need these high caliber guys brought in to really kind of elevate this team and take some of the pressure off some of the kids so they can continue to develop at their own rate. And the team overall is better for it. Yeah, I completely agree. That's where I'm getting at with Panarin. And then players like that, like look at Vegas. Vegas have been playing better, and then they acquired Mark Stone. And I think that since they got him, they're like 9-1. and one. And he's on that line with Pacioretty and, um, oh, geez, whoever the hell else they added in the offseason. He was with Winnipeg. Stas maybe Stasny. Stasny, yeah. And that line like just took over. And they already had a good team, but guys like Carlson were young. Um and whoever the hell, Marsh or so, like there were younger guys. And this is a team that went to the cup last year in their expansion year. And they look better right now than it did last year. I mean, a lot of that's Flurry playing out of his mind. But that top line on top of everything else they have is insane. You look at Tampa Bay, their top line's an all-star team. Like, and look, and it's, it's not like they're just treading water. Like they are running away with the president's trophy. So to even get yourself in that realm, if you're seriously considering winning a Stanley cup, you need to add as much talent as possible. I feel like for years, Washington was always adding somebody and you'd be like, what isn't the money going to run out at some point? They just added Oshi. They just added this guy. They just traded for Yandel or not Yandel. Uh, what's his name with uh, Shattenkirk? Like they're always adding talent to the already oodles of talent that they have. If the Flyers don't start doing that, they're they're just going to be another team that goes in the first or second round and gets bounced. They need that. I, we like to see you know, Morgan Frost and Nolan Patrick be these guys, but until they are, get the guys who already are there, and then when it's your time to pay, if you see what you have in Patrick and Frost and whether they're worth paying, and meanwhile, you're competing now with top-tier talent that really shouldn't be available because of the circumstances they are. So 
I will say there is something to be said what Jimmy was saying about having a talent, a, a veteran presence on that blue line because to his point, when he doesn't want anybody, the rest of the defense learning from Ghost, uh, for years I've hated them learning from McDonald. I thought it was this is a disaster. They're not going to know how to prepare for games. They're going to do everything wrong in important situations. So I, I understand that. But as far as the team giving that, that little extra, besides getting a new, like a Quenville coach, getting an extra punch to get them into the playoffs and through the playoffs, which is a crazy grind, they're going to need some serious top-tier, top-line talent. And I think it starts and ends with a guy like Panarin. That's a good point, actually. Really good point. Or, you know, just let Samuel Moran take over as the number one D-man like he should be doing. <laughs> I, I really – I want to see him, too. I promise. I really do. <laughs> like, I just oh, want to see him ball somebody. Drafted, I want to see him at all. Him. Let him yeah. get on the damn ice. Fuck. Well, here's a question for you guys. Do you think he'll play one game this year? Was there, like, 12 games nope. left? I'm thoroughly convinced he's not going to play a game this year. I knew you were going to say – how about you, Jimmy? Yeah, I think we'll get him one. Just we one? Should, we should riot if, if he doesn't. We should oh, go to the last game of the year all dressed up in all, in all your uh, Moran stuff, Dan, and and just riot if we, if we don't see Moran. Travesty. Yeah, that would be a shame, actually. It'd be a, really, it'd be a damn shame because he worked so hard to come back and to not even get him one single game. Uh, that's, that's a joke, especially for not playing. They most likely won't be playing for anything. That's just fucked up, if you ask me. He, if he was healthy, he would have been playing this year. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you got to figure they wanted to see what they got in a guy. But as quickly as I say that, you think about Talbot's situation, it's like, well, maybe they ah, don't give a fucking shit. fucking Cam Talbot. Yeah, maybe I mean, they it, don't give a shit, you know? They clearly anything, don't give a shit. Yeah. Reward the kid at the very least because he's, he's still a young guy. Like, I mean, could you imagine going through what he's gone through? And, you know, he, we're saying it. Can you imagine what he's thinking? You know, like, get him in some fucking games. Do you think Cam Talbot plays a game before the end of the season? Oh, my God. What? He, yeah. What is yeah. up with that? I don't believe he'll play a game. <laughs> I think there's oh, less chance Talbot plays a game than there is Moran plays a game. It's, it certainly seems that way. Like, uh, that trade makes less and less sense. Every I have no idea why day do that. Less and less sense. Uh, isn't, the, isn't the deadline to send Hart down for the uh, AHL playoffs past? Yeah. So, like, because I, I figured the whole plan was, oh, well, we'll be out of the playoffs, so send Hart down, and now we have Talbot and Elliott. But now I'm like, okay, so we have three goalies, and we just traded for the one that's sitting in the press box. Mm -hmm. So Stolarz could have done that. And he's supposed to be the fucking guy of the future here because he's fucking Carter Hart's best friend, a $4 million best friend. Yeah, I got no idea. I mean, Jack, and you alluded to this before. Maybe they're trying to do uh, – Elliot a, a service so he can get a job next year somewhere or something. I don't know. It, it, I don't know why they would do that. They I, they have done things like that in the past. Uh, they said, I they hate said that nice period. things. Yeah, it's, I, they said nice things about uh, uh, Valerie Flipla, Flipla, whatever. I don't believe. <laughs> um, fifteen goals this year. Yeah, it, on like fifteen <laughs> shots. That lucky son of a bitch. That'll never happen again. Uh, it's Barry Trotz's bow tie that's saving that team, not not Flippola. Um, it's like they always him. say something nice in a press conference, like, oh, he, we were thinking about resigning him. They were never considering resigning him. We were just helping him go to his next team. This is how they are. But this is like he's getting prime time. It, a lot of it's had to have been Scott Gordon thinking he's better than Talbot and trying to you know keep his job and go for the playoffs. Yep. But if that's the case, is there that much of a disconnect between the GM and the coach? Because if you think that – Elliot is better than Talbot. Why isn't he your backup going into next year? I know you think he's injury prone, but he's not the starter anymore. Card is. So it's just another clusterfuck that never seems to end. And like we joke about Talbot, I guess they're going to re-sign him to like a three or four year deal and then find out what they have in him. Apparently that seems to be the case as far. I, I don't want Cam Talbot to play. I'm not a big fan of Cam Talbot, but like if he's your guy moving forward and Elliot is not, what the hell are you doing? It's evaluate your damn players. This isn't that hard. They're going to ride this fucking playoff dream until it's absolutely dead because they're fucking 0.7% chance now and they're still riding it. But, like, you don't know what you have in Sam Moran. You don't know what you have in Cam Talbot. And these are two guys that supposedly are going to be here next year. Like, <laughs> Andrew McDonald, by the fucking grace of God, they'll buy him out. 
I don't believe it, but maybe they will. You're going to make these changes. You're going to let Elliot walk. You're showcasing him so he can get paid somewhere else. So he can drag his ass to a different retirement home. Like, fuck. Just play Cam Talbot. Play Sammy Morant. Give him some time over the last nine games here so we know what you're working with. You're so, ne- you're so negative. Oh, I know. Far be it for me to be <laughs> negative here. No, I'm kidding. I, I hate it because you're probably right. You're making me depressed. I'm always right. That's the problem. I mean, it's just common practice, like for a G, especially a new GM. Like any GM should be doing this at the end of what you quote unquote losing season. But he's new. He should be doing nothing but evaluating. I understand him evaluating certain players before the trade deadline. That has come and gone. So, like, this is all you got. Like, he should be. I should. We should be seeing every people from the Phantoms. We should be seeing. All sorts of different players at this point. And the ones that are probably going to be on the roster next year, you can't even see. It's, it's I don't even know what to say. It's completely mind-boggling. I, unless they're just giving him a giving Gordon a full reins to save his job. It's Even that seems absolutely stupid. So, I, I don't know. Fuck. This, it's just the evaluation of talent has been a complete failure. This is the one thing more than anything that I bitched about during Ron Hextall's tenure is – you have all these guys that you drafted, and you're supposedly proud of all of them, and they're all going to make it, and yeah, 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 yeah. And then you fail to fucking evaluate any of them. How long? You guys like Aubrey Kubel that have been here for fucking ever, too. What do we know about him? Nothing! He played, what, ten games earlier this year and got, what, three minutes per game or some crazy low number like that? Like, he looked good, but hey, can he be on the fourth line next year? Who the fuck knows? Because they never gave him a real shot. And this and Justin Bailey Rose. asshole who keeps coming up and down every other fucking day. Like, yeah, he's a new. Well, Justin Bailey's the new Tyrell Goldborn, and then you got Phil Veroni who's taking Kubel's spot. Like, it's like we should be seeing. I don't know if he's still hurt, but we should be seeing him and not Veroni. I don't even how, how Veroni's how old? He's fucking twenty eight years old. He's not going to make it at this point. You know, Ab Kubel was your second round pick back in like twenty twelve. I think. Don't you think you want to see what we have in him? It, it's just idiotic. It's just scary for the future, but one really good offseason can change all that. <clears throat> I just uh, I just peed in a bottle while that was going on. What are you drinking over there? Okay. <laughs> no, nah, I really had to go. No, I'm just I just wanted to express how dedicated I am to the show. <laughs> I didn't want to miss anything. That I is really totally the t- the title of tonight's episode. <laughs> I couldn't I, I hold it. I didn't know. What, I was, I was panicking. I didn't know what to do. So yeah, uh, back to Albe Kubel. I don't know why oh, he's not. Oh <laughs> my, um, like, dude. I, yeah, I don't know. Like he, he actually, you know what? And when he did play this year, he didn't look. He did, he looked comfortable right away to me. He didn't look bad. He he fit in with the team. Jack, I remember. Remember, this seems like so long ago now, but you know, we talked about how he looked okay. He looked like he fit in. Uh, I was actually uh, was it preseason that he, he kind of looked like maybe he well, he didn't belong and then he came up and he looked okay yeah. Jack do you remember yeah so, it was the early season okay yes I mean why not like who like Phil Veroni I've seen enough like I wanted to root for him because he's a fellow Paisan but I've seen enough from you Phil like get lost dude uh, I would love to see Albe Kubel why not uh, who well, else got on that fourth line but it's just like what's the point in drafting all these players if you're never going to see it yeah like, exactly I mean, you, you draft, and then they sign guys like Danik Martell, and you lose him for nothing to Tampa. You're forced to trade a guy like Cooper Morardi a few years ago because he wasn't going to resign because you're not. He's like, there's all these guys, and you're not playing any of them. I'm not going to resign here. I'm not going to play. So it just seems stupid. Yeah, they have, they have quite a few guys with the fandoms right now. I believe Rubsov is still hurt, but they've got David Cache who's been playing very well. You yeah. got, you know, Vorobiev, who we still don't know what he's made out of because every time he comes up, he shits the bed. Yeah. And a couple other guys down there that, like, have like been here pick. forever. But, like, mm-hmm. we don't know anything about them. And realistically, maybe they have it, maybe they don't. Maybe they're fourth-line players next year. Maybe they're not. But we don't know because there's no fucking evaluation going on here because they've been clinging on to this damn playoff hope and dream for months now that, realistically, they never had a real shot at. Yeah, it's so true. And a guy like Al Kubel, he, he needs to play with some talent to really see what he has. He's... He needs to be called up, and he needs to play at least on that third line. I think, I think you, you'd be you'd be doing a disservice to yourself and to the player by just letting him rot with the Phantoms. And it's 
this is the time to do it. Like, this is absolutely the time to do it. And it's just holding on to this hope and prayer to sell tickets in Santa sacks. And that's why we're not getting it. We're just, it's just like a stagnant. Yeah, it, that's what I'm just saying. Like, like it's that the off season. It's off season isn't even here, and it feels stagnant already because we should know what we have and start some of our own assets. I think a lot of these young guys are going to be gone. I think they're going to be packaged up. Probably Chuck's going to say, "Peace out, dude. We're going to bring somebody in, and they, that player better be good, man." Because I mean, uh, they're going to get something. I'm all right with that. But I, I mean, if they're not, I would like to see what they are. I don't want to like lose a guy like a. Who's going to be the next Patrick Sharp? And they just trade him off somewhere well, for nothing. Here's the thing on that one. Vecchioni, Goldborn, Bailey, Abe Kubel are all free agents at the end of the season. God. I wouldn't be mad if none of them came back, except for uh, Abe Kubel. Uh, Abe Kubel and, I, and Bailey are restricted. Everybody else is unrestricted. I think yeah, Vecchioni's gone. I think he's got- gone. They got a lot of guys coming up, I think. The Phantoms are going to be fun to watch next year, I think. But as far as uh, Albe Kubel, uh, I'd like to see him at least on the fourth line. Uh, I think uh, you need kids. I think you need younger guys to play on the third and fourth line, especially the fourth line. Um, Kids that want to prove themselves. And they'll push some of the old. You see, that's where that mix comes in because you do need kids to to push some of the the veteran guys. And then you need the leadership. And uh, maybe they're missing both. I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what the evaluation period is for. <laughs> I guess we're gonna everything's gonna be found out in camp. I guess. I guess so. Camps, yeah. As they, so. uh, Veroni is up. Knight is up. Hartman, and Raffle are up. So I mean, the reason if they let Knight and Veroni go, and maybe let Raffle go, I think I'm pretty sure they're gonna bring him back for at least another year, but. This fourth line could be empty next year, so they could make some additions. You know, they could let these kids come up and play. They could, you know, bundle the kids to get a player to come in and play. Uh, there, there is a whole lot of room here in terms of kind of making things happen if they really wanted to, but it's a matter of if they will. You know, for years I was under the Holmgren tree of, man, it's going to be a fun summer. They're going to make changes and things are going to happen and this team's going to be better. And then Ron Hextall comes along and now I'm like, I don't fucking trust this team to do anything right anymore because this guy <laughs> scarred me for life. So you're afraid is what you're saying. You have, you're have you fearful of the offseason. I'm afraid they're, this team's going to walk back in next season and look the exact same, yes. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I feel like it'll be worse than the trade deadline where realistically Simmons should have been traded. You'd think for more. Um, it, that was the only move that did happen. Uh, Elliot should have definitely been traded. We've gone over that. If Keith Kincaid can get you something, Elliot could definitely get you something. Um, and then you would have hoped that like a Raffle or even a Gudis could have went too. I feel like this off season we're, he'll fill a hole, but he won't fill it how to our liking. And then he won't do anything else. Like I have this fear that like, I, I can't see it happening, but I can't help but have nightmares about it at the same time that our coach is going to be Mike Yow. And he's going oh, to like sign the <laughs> fourth line guy and call it an off season. Oh, I didn't even consider. <laughs> oh God. I, <laughs> I need if a Mike drink. goes to coach next year, I'm not watching the Flyers. I'll take a vacation. I'll I quit. take a CS. I will quit. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm for real. If, if they hire Mike Yell, I'm out. I quit. I, I can't watch that shit. He sucks. I hope they don't, but that's that's what I'm fearful of. That, like, just sissy, scaredy cat offseason. Go with what you know, even though what you know has failed. And I can see him doing it. Like, this, that's how the team makes me feel. So with the moves I'm seeing, they seem incompetent. We're going to sit down here in September, and we're going to go, and the Flyers are going to say the same thing. Oh, well, we couldn't get a Carlson or Panarin because we didn't think it was the right move. We didn't think there was the right option. We're going to sit, and they're going to sit here with the same damn team. Like, that's what I'm afraid of because it's, it's the Ron Hextall fucking PTSD kicking in, you know, mm-hmm. afraid of nothing's going to happen. And I just think that's the one thing Fletcher can't do. You know, if he's going to keep Gordon, you better add to this team. And if you're going to get rid of Gordon, you still better add to the team because you're going to bring in a better coach. Hopefully they bring in a better coach. Unless they bring in Mike Yao. In that case, I <laughs> I did not even I know. consider that possible. Well, luck, luckily for us, who's the name? Who's the CEO of um, Comcast? Dave Something's, Scott. Dave Scott. Dave Scott's our man. He's the guy who's going to want a big name. A He's going to want to. 
yes, he's going to want to compete with the Phillies signing Harper and the Eagles winning a Super Bowl and, you know, the Sixers being on a tear and trading for all sorts of all-stars. He's going to want to compete with that. He's going to want to spend money, and he's going to want big names. So that's the one thing that I think is going to save us, and we should see a pretty good offseason. We should. You know, it takes two to tango with signing and hiring people, but he's the reason why I think big names are coming. I need some tequila, so let's wrap this shit up. You guys, uh, Jack, you got any plugs to get on? I am uh, Jack underscore HW Radio. Me and Jimmy should be on our regularly scheduled channel uh, tomorrow. Um, And, yeah, I uh, might have my own show coming out. I am pretty ticked off. Now might be a good time to start, so look forward to that. It will be future details will be released. Will be released. Excuse me. Jimmy? (laughs) You know, tomorrow night. (laughs) (laughs) You know, HW Radio tomorrow. Uh, You can follow on Twitter at HW underscore radio underscore. And you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, What the hell is my name on there? Uh, Jim. Jim at Jim HW underscore radio. Yeah. At P in the water underscore. Ah, man. What a night. I I feel I do feel better after this, though. That's Uh, that's good. I'm more worked up now than I was when we sat down. So, yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter at DannyFlyerFan. You can find the site at BrotherlyPuck, BrotherlyPuck.com. You can find this show as well as all the others at Brotherly underscore Pod. You can listen to Monday's Brotherly Pod with Isaiah from the Only Podcast. I am back on Friday night with Brotherly Puck co-founder Garrett Parker, who will be making his Brotherly Pod debut. We will shortly have all kinds of nice things to say on that show, I'm sure. If you want to count down Card Arts wins with me, you can do that at Heart Countdown on Twitter. You can find the Only Podcast at OMB Puck. I am the president of the Sam Moran fan club at Might Be Moran. Brotherly Puck is now on Facebook as well at Facebook.com. Or fucking Facebook.com slash Brotherly Puck is what I should say. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's been a long night. Boys and girls, it's been a long night. I'll be back Friday, hopefully in a much better mood, because I'm still, now I'm all kinds of angry. I'm going to do some drinking, not out of the bottle Jimmy's pissing in. Till then, <laughs> goodbye. You don't want that bottle. <laughs> no.